Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I am your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. We want to thank each and every listener who's tuned in today. We're just always so glad to have you with us, and we hope this episode finds you well. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations that week, and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience that we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? My thorn for this week is that it is starting to get hot here in Colorado. <laughs> thermostat is going up. Or the, sorry, the temperature is going up. Our thermostat is uh, going down. So we <laughs> have been blessed with a long, cool spring and a ton of rain. But yeah, we're getting into the 80s and 90s this week, I believe, which is not my favorite. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've been very grateful for the past few weeks and now I'm kind of dreading, dreading feeling hot, but thankful for AC. I can say that much. <laughs> um, and then my rose be today getting to take a beautiful and strenuous hike with my husband this morning. Um, we both had off for Juneteenth. So we got out early before it got too hot. And, um, we've actually hiked this trail that we went to, um, earlier this year, like in, in the late winter and in the early spring. So it was really neat to see it in a different phase of its development in terms of like the wildlife and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the, the growth around it. So after all the rain that we've had, there's been tons of wildflowers and, um, even just from the view from up on the path, you could see just out, um, kind of from the foothills out toward the East. It just looks so plush. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just beautiful. Like you could just touch it and it would be like mossy because of like all the trees. Um, but it was just beautiful. And, uh, we even found a stream and a small waterfall because of all the rain and the snow melt. So wow, just really quite charming. Yeah. Charming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is we're both, our, our thorn is the weather for both of us, but uh. for different reasons, and I agree, the the rain has been absolutely beautiful here in Colorado. I find myself in Colorado at the time of this recording. And I mean, it really has been amazing seeing how Colorado, I've never seen it this green. It's just, it looks like Ireland. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, um, my thorn this week is the ridiculous weather that we have been having uh, before the heating up. So for the middle of June. It has just been not like any other June I've ever experienced in Colorado. So not only has it just been so cold and damp and rainy to the point where I feel like I'm in the Pacific Northwest, but multiple times now we had hailstorms. That's right. Did you have hailstorms where you were? Uh, 
I feel like we did have like little tiny spurts, but nothing, nothing too bad. I think my in-laws got it worse up up north. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty scary. (laughs) We had to go hide in the basement for one of them. It was just so totally unexpected. And we're going, Mm -hmm. this is not the middle of June. Um, So it's just been the weirdest summer I've ever had here in um, Colorado. But as for my rose this week, and this is why we had to take a break last week and not release an episode, we spent about a week and a half shooting my husband's latest film called Bright Sky up on a remote ranch here in Colorado. And it was just the experience of a lifetime for me. Just first, because I just love making movies. There's absolutely nothing like it in the world to me. There's nothing so magical as being on set and playing pretend and seeing everything come together to make this beautiful film. And also it was just absolutely incredible um, to see all of Nathan, my husband's hard work over the last year actually come to fruition and just seeing the countless hours and this endless months that he put into making this project happen and then actually living out that experience. Mm-hmm. And I just could not be more proud. And it was a lovely double rose week for me so for cool. that reason. I look forward to seeing it. I have to wait yes. for a little bit, but hopefully not too long. <laughs> yeah, for a little bit, but actually not too long. They're, they're trying to move pretty quickly. So that's exciting as well. All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it and make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We'd love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. All right, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers the subject of learning how to become more compassionate. Dear Wallflower, for this month, I have been wanting to exercise the virtue of compassion so I could have it as a lead trait of mine, but I'm at a loss for ideas to really show compassion in my day-to-day life. How can I show compassion in a Christian way on a regular basis? Signed with hope and wildflowers. All right, Jessica. So what are your thoughts for our writer today? First, props to her for desiring to grow in the virtue of compassion. Mm -hmm. I always love to see and want to encourage and affirm anyone who sees the need for growth in a particular virtue and then sets about finding practical ways to grow or strengthen such areas. So well done as a starting point, you know, you're already part of the way there. Mm. Um, I want to dive a little bit into kind of like not defining compassion, but um, well, you'll see. (laughs) just follow me here. So I I think we're both going to do that. Yes. (laughs) Cool. Which is great. (laughs) So, um, I referenced, um, a a book, um, called spiritual disciplines handbook by the author Adele Calhoun. And -hmm. she describes the desire leading to the practice of compassion as the desire to become the healing presence of Christ to others. Oh, I just love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. What a beautiful desire. Yeah. To think that your presence could bring healing to others in the name of Christ. I encourage our writer to sit with this for a little bit. 
What does it mean to her to consider and understand compassion as being the healing presence of Christ to others? Key words here are healing and presence. Hmm. And as important as the healing work is, I think that presence is even more fundamental. In order to show people compassion, we have to first give them ourselves, our attention. We must be present with them and present to them. Whether this is something that is already a relative strength for our writer or something rather new that she wants to focus on growing in her heart and actions, it can be difficult uh, difficult to know where to go from that initial desire. How do we actually foster compassion in day-to-day action? Before jumping into everyday expressions of compassion and particular ideas I have, I want to pass along some ideas from Adele Calhoun's book that I just referenced that can help prepare our writer for the practices that I'll mention. So two things in particular stood out to me from from Adele's book. First, practice compassion through reading the gospel accounts of Jesus' betrayal and crucifixion. Mm. Adele suggests... As you read, become one of the watchers. So Mary, a disciple, a soldier, or a thief. What did you see from this person's perspective? What is it like for Jesus to be abandoned by those he counted on? What is it like for Jesus to find that God is silent? Hmm. What is it like for him to submit to the aloneness, the pain, the nakedness? What drives Jesus to the cross? Let Jesus summon you into prayer as you do that. And second, I would say, or sorry, this is from Adele Calhoun's book still. She would say, (laughs) um, like, assess your baseline. And I think that's my terminology, this idea of assessing your baseline. But she um, encourages, like, how do others perceive you? Mm. Ask if you trusted others how you come across. Do, Do you come across as compassionate? Um, you know, ask people questions like, what is it like to be with me? Do I show interest in others? Do I mostly talk about myself, et cetera? You know, ask people who are going to shoot straight with you because you want to, you want to hear things that are going to be helpful, not just, um, you know, pat you on the back. So that's a great, great, um, tip. Like make sure you're asking someone that's going to tell you the truth here. Even if the truth is not very fun at first, I think that it, it kind of requires like admitting, okay, I have this fault mm-hmm. or, okay, I could grow in this way. And if you, if you really want to try to exercise this virtue, that's, that's a great yeah. Um, yeah. suggestion. And I think people who are naturally compassionate can always grow in being compassionate, but then those who just mm-hmm. really struggle to be compassionate, it's good to, for, to know for sure. Like, you know, you actually, you really it's a challenging thing for you. I don't see you being naturally compassionate. And then, then you can start, start to see where your blind spots are. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you, you do this practice, then consider what you've heard. You know, how will what you hear from others inform the practices that you you do going forward? So now here are a few ideas that I have to offer for how you can show compassion in your everyday life. Hmm. First, I would say, listen. Listen to understand, not just to respond. Key in being a healing presence of Christ to others is seeing them and seeing their needs, not just who we think they are or what we assume they need. Hmm. More, yeah. Moreover, true listening doesn't just help you more accurately assess need, 
more essentially, it enables you truly to see and to know the person before you. Compassion begins with emotional attunement and relational connection Mm -hmm. um, before and even apart from whether any sort of physical need is actually addressed. I think it's important to understand that. Second, and related to this, keep an open mind. In addition to not assuming who the other person is or what they need, don't assume you know what someone else is experiencing or how they feel. We can be so quick to take action on behalf of another when we either see or think we see a need, but we really need to be wary of not moving too quickly. Our plan yeah. of act our plan of action for showing compassion may cause us to miss something vital about the other's experience. So building off of the tip for listening is that we need to keep an open mind and ask good questions in order to empathize with the other's hurts. Hmm. So be open to being led by the other person. I think that one of the dangers of desiring to show compassion, if I could call it a danger, um, is that we can see ourselves as, quote, the strong ones, Mm -hmm. and thus those who have the resources or the means to make a difference in, in another's life. But the downside of this mindset or this posture is that it can blind us to what is most needed. For example, we might jump into addressing a physical need when the emotional or the relational need is actually more primary. Uh, Or we might misdiagnose what an appropriate response would be because we misunderstand what is most at issue. Yeah. Third, and perhaps this goes without saying, I don't know, um, think of the other first. I think this is a terrific way to tangibly practice compassion each and every day. As we might miss opportunities for express, expressing passion or compassion simply because we fail to see where others are hurting mm-hmm. and are in need all around us. Uh, when we're focused primarily on our own desires, it's easy to overlook the subtleties of another's hurts. You know, we might think, oh, well, compassion looks like showing care toward this kind of person, whatever we might have like an image in our mind or, you know, a set of criteria. But, you know, the per the family, you might be living with your family or your spouse or your roommates or, um, you know, when you're at work or at school, if it's the people that you see on an everyday basis, they need your compassion. Yeah. You know, we all hold hurts inside. And so when we shift our perspective to thinking about the other first, we are more able to see what we might um, miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I would add to that, like, you know, as you're thinking of others, like ask gentle, curious, and genuine questions. Um, I think that's going to be helpful. Then pairing that with the listening and keeping an open mind, help yeah. people to open up to you and enable you to have the opportunity to show compassion. Yeah. Let people lead you in the direction that they need compassion. And because I think there are so many different ways that we can offer compassion to someone one way is, you know, inviting someone in for a cup of tea. Another way is asking someone, okay, how are you really feeling about this thing that I know that you're going through? Let them lead you where they need compassion. Mm-hmm. And something that just came to mind right now is the idea that compassion is, it's a responsive kind of act. You can't just, I mean, you can, in mm-hmm. a way, you know, go and say, I'm going to go show compassion to somebody. But, you know, the active part of that is more just seeking out 
finding who, who needs your compassion and really everybody, everybody probably does <laughs> to some extent. So recognizing that you have to first know, you know, what kind of response is required of you in order to then act yeah. in response appropriately. So I thought that was an interesting insight. Um, and then to get even more practical, I would say to our writer to think of specific people that you interact with on a daily or weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Whom do you see at work, school, church, which family or friends do you regularly interact with or talk to? I think that considering making like a written list of people that you could quote practice showing compassion to could be helpful. As much as we'd like to be able to just rely on the simple desire to grow in compassion to move us to action, I think that we often are more effective in taking formative action like this when we have a bit of a game plan already mm-hmm. mapped out. So rather than just seeing what comes, I mean, that can also be helpful, but I think that having those names written down will will help us. And then through practice, intentional practice, that these actions will hopefully become more natural and readily a part of how you interact with others on a regular basis. I think that's a great point because I think we think of compassion as obviously we feel compassion for someone, right? And so we're going like, okay, is it just something that's, I'm going to be bubbling over in compassion for this person? Um, and it'll just naturally come to me. And it's like, no, I think interestingly, yes, you feel it, but I think you also have to think it, Mm. you know, you have to kind of train yourself to notice the opportunities when Mm -hmm. you can be extending, um, and showing compassion for someone. That's a great point. Especially if you're not naturally one to feel it, right. Mm -hmm. There there needs to be like (laughs) more, um, intentionality to kind of grow, grow that sense as it were, a sense for, for that, that feeling and that thinking. Um, one additional thought too, is who are those in, um, our writer's local community that are in need of love, kindness, and practical aid or support. I mean, I've mentioned that really anybody can be in need of your compassion, but there might be particular, um, groups of people that, that Mm -hmm. are even more in need. So how might you get involved in interacting with and serving those people? Maybe it's a local food pantry or a pregnancy center. Um, Maybe it's visiting the elderly in a nearby home or Mm -hmm. providing friendship and support to a refugee family. And if you're unsure of the options in your area or where the needs are, I would um, suggest asking around at a local church or a local nonprofit for some ideas and connections. Mm Mm-hmm. And then um, before tying off my advice, I want to offer just one quick caveat. Our writer says that she desires to, um, that that compassion would be a lead trait of hers. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what her baseline is. You know, if this is naturally something she's good at, or if it's something that's a huge grab, but that's why she wants to grow in it a lot. Um, If she already excels in showing compassion and desires to grow more, in this, then perhaps this is achievable in a shorter time frame. However, if this is anything like my own journey with empathy, which is something that I'm not naturally gifted in, <laughs> then I want our writer to recognize that while she may make significant strides in her growth, it may take several years of effort for it to become a quote lead trait of hers. Mm. I, and I don't want to deny the power of the Holy Spirit to work miraculously in us. You know, at times he chooses to do so when he can kind of quote override something that we really struggle with. But um, I just want to guard against um, our writer 
potentially expecting to see massive growth and then maybe getting discouraged if she only sees incremental growth. Mm. So that growth in compassion that she will experience, however incremental or seemingly small, I want her to know that it's worth it every Mm. step of the way. And to be intentional about growing in any virtue is highly commendable. And I believe God will bless um, our efforts to grow in virtue as we do that. So I simply want her to have a realistic view of a short-term say, you know, a month, as it seems like she's mentioning that short-term focus on specific Mm -hmm. growth. That's a great point because God is a God of process. And so this is going to be a process, especially if, um, I think if she's trying to focus on it, it might be something that she has struggled more with in the past and that's okay. It Mm -hmm. will take a little while to grow in compassion. And I, you know, I, I would encourage her to, um, enjoy that process of, of learning kind of a new language in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And even for the things that we are naturally good at, I think any, any of these virtues are typically things that we spend a lifetime seeking to improve because, you know, there's always ways that, that we can grow in them too. And I like that, that um, emphasis on leaning into the journey and Mm -hmm. experiencing that growth process. That's really a great idea. So to our hopeful writer, again, I commend your desire to grow in showing compassion. And I pray that as you put some of our advice into practice, you would see beautiful and encouraging fruit, both in your life and in the lives of those around you. Wonderful, wonderful thoughts. Um, To begin with, I think it's helpful to also define compassion as Jessica did. Thankfully, we're doing it a little bit differently. Um, but just to get a sense of exactly what this virtue is, because I think it's more difficult to, um, grow in something or cultivate something when we feel like it's just this abstract idea versus when we have a deeper, more thorough understanding of what it really means in the real world, in our everyday life. And I think when a lot of us think of the word compassion specifically, we think, okay, Does it just mean that we're kinder to people, that we put ourselves in their shoes or that we feel bad for them or that we just generally try to be sympathetic? What does it even mean to have compassion? So compassion is defined by the Oxford English Dictionary as the feeling or emotion when a person is moved by the suffering or distress of another and by the desire to relieve it. So the word comes from a Latin term, a Latin term that literally means to suffer with. So being compassionate isn't just having mercy or even just feeling bad for someone or being sensitive to their circumstances. It actually includes a desire to relieve another person's suffering, a drive to do something for someone else. So with that said, props again to our writer for focusing on the exercising of such a virtue. I don't think compassion is natural to many or even any of us. Um, Maybe I'm exposing myself by saying that, but to be totally honest, having and showing compassion for others can be a real challenge. It's easier, I think, to not have any compassion, to judge harshly or to not consider someone's unique context or to keep ourselves... um, uh, from f- forming unfair, or uninformed opinions about them mm-hmm. to say that we will pray for them, but go no further than that when we had the capacity to do more. Mm-hmm. 
to have compassion is to go against our nature, to live in such a way that is greater than ourselves, so to speak. Yeah. And when you think about the definition as being to suffer with, Mm -hmm. how many of us willingly walk into suffering, you know, only when we had this idea of it's going to give me a great outcome, right? Like we suffer mm-hmm. through a hard workout because we, <laughs> we feel better <laughs> afterwards or I, I'll get stronger. Right. But the idea of suffering with another, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's their good. That's actually the outcome. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I feel like it is not very na- natural to us. I, I, I don't think it's natural to anybody. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think mm. it's, we're human. We're imperfect. And we are self-serving. Mm-hmm. Um, so, however, speaking as a Christian, compassion is something that we are called to cultivate. There is mm-hmm. no other way. Exactly. There's no two ways about it. Compassion is the foundation of our faith in many ways. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the compassion, the, the idea of compassion plays a, a really, really big role in scripture. Yeah. Um, Matthew 9 36 says that when Jesus looked upon the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep with no shepherd. And this is a verse that I come to again and again, and I always find myself convicted by it because Jesus being totally perfect, totally mm. sinless, mm. looked upon the multitudes and he had compassion for them. And Lamentations um, 3, 22 to 23 tells us that the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. We're asked as God's people to put on compassionate hearts and kindness and humility. And um, Galatians 6, 2 captures the idea of suffering with others because it tells us to share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. So compassion is so integral to our faith as Christians because it asks that we do something about the suffering that we see. It requires action to demonstrate God's love through our action for those in need not just to feel, but to do. So a writer asks, how do I actually show compassion in my day-to-day life? What are the practical ways that we can show compassion, the kind of compassion that we are called to by our faith? Because when we think about what compassion really means, and we, we talk about you know the depth and the purpose and the beauty of it, it can kind of feel like it's something that we will never live up to. Like I'm never going to be compassionate enough, right? Like I won't ever fulfill the true meaning of compassion, but compassion can be acted out in the smallest moments of our lives in what seemed to be just an ordinary task on an ordinary day. Mm. Um, And here's what I mean by that. So first I will encourage our writer as well as everyone listening to seek God when it comes to cultivating compassion to pray for a tender and compassionate heart and to spend time with the Lord and and to be filled with the spirit, but to get entirely practical about things, we can show compassion for a friend by inviting her over for coffee, even in the middle of a busy day and asking her how she's really doing. 
by serving her and being a safe person for her to whom she can open up and find comfort. We are showing compassion. We can apologize when we've wronged someone, Hmm. even if we have our reasons or excuses for our actions. We can justify what we did or said. The reality is that we've hurt someone. And the compassionate thing to do is to understand the weight of the hurt that we've caused and genuinely apologize for it. And we can offer help to an overwhelmed young mom with her kids. She's a good friend. We can offer to take them to the park so she can have an afternoon of peace if she's an acquaintance, pick up some groceries for her. We can take the extra few seconds that it requires to smile at the checkout person and ask how their day is going. I say this as someone who worked in the service industry for Mm. a while. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how nice it is to be looked in the eye and treated like a human. Called by your name? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Asked my name. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, We can show preference for our husband and his needs over our own. We can ask about what's been stressing him out lately, what we can do to help lighten that load. We can choose to have our desires take a back seat for a while in order to focus on his. Mm. There are countless ways that we can show compassion in our day-to-day life simply by looking at the people already in it, the people that we naturally come across and asking ourselves, what does this person need? What would make them feel less alone or more loved? or seen and valued? What is within my power right now? How can I demonstrate the love of God for this person, even in a small or simple way? So I hope that we were able to offer some helpful ideas for our writer, as well as everyone else listening. And once again, we commend you in your desire to grow in the virtue of compassion, as we all can and should. All right, so it is time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that just made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is this week's suggestion? This week, I am suggesting Beyond Meat Company's Beyond Sausage. Hmm. specifically their hot Italian links. And, uh, hmm. I have to, I have to be, um, I was going to make a, I was like, this is going to be a pun. I have to be Frank. Um, <laughs> I'm like, but I wasn't planning that. That was seriously not intended. Um, but we usually don't buy like processed, like kind of meat replacement products. We typically eat more like tofu, tempeh, lentils, beans, things like that. Um, but this is a hundred um a one hundred percent plant based brat, and mm-hmm. it is so delicious, so wonderful. Um, our friends recently had a grill out with burgers and brats and things, and I was like, I want to mm-hmm. bring something that we could also grill and enjoy, and that would feel like kind of part of the same thing as opposed to just like not eating that aspect of it. And I was just really blown away. I, yeah. I looked up. I'm, I was just standing in the grocery store. I'm like, what? what, like, what's a good option? You know, like looking online to see people's reviews of things. And I honestly, as someone who like used to love eating, eating meat, um, it's, it is so amazing to me how, how very much like a brat it, it's just, it tastes so similar to pork sausage, but it's completely plant-based. Um, 
great option for if you're doing cookouts this summer and wanted something that was plant-based, it pleases meat eaters and vegans alike. So check it out. <laughs> I I second this suggestion. Did you say it was the impossible or the beyond? Um, I haven't tried impossible stuff, but it's probably good too. This is beyond okay. meat, the beyond okay. sausage. Hot Italian. Hot it's Italian. Very, very delicious. Yes. <laughs> um, beyond <laughs> is absolutely incredible. I would get it all the time if I could. It's so good. It really does taste like a burger or a um, brat or just anything that you're getting it. I haven't, you know what I would love to see is if one day they come out with like a beyond like steak, Hmm. that would be pretty cool. That'd be fascinating. Hopefully that'll happen. I'll try it. But yes, it it really does taste. Maybe you'll recommend that in a year or two. Maybe. Give them some time to work on it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but everyone go out and get beyond. Honestly, it, it really does taste like meat. Um, this week, I am suggesting a sea salt beach hairspray from a brand called Not Your Mother's. Um, <laughs> don't know why it's called that. Don't ask me. <laughs> um, but I love this spray because it's really just like a texturizing spray. And it adds, you know, just a little bit of wave and just something because I just feel like my hair pretty often falls flat. So um, I'm also just not someone that takes a lot of time doing my hair. I really don't care to, but I still want it to look good. And so this beach spray is a really nice middle ground that makes my hair look like I just, you know, spent a day at the beach, but it's like perfectly tussled and not to mention it smells really nice. It smells like summer. It's the best way to describe it. <laughs> Whatever summer smells like. I think I understand what you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Everyone knows what I mean. Oh yeah, of course. We know what, what that means. <laughs> yeah. It's like saying it smells like fall. Yeah. It's just a different season. <laughs> exactly. So this smell is a major bonus. Um, so if you have been wanting to add just a little bit of pizzazz to your hair, try out the Not Her Mother's Beach Texturizing Spray. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com, on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder, and my new Substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. Amazing. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials at socials and reach out. And of course, please check out Wallflower Journal where we have new articles. We had to take a little break for the filming of the movie, but now we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.